The Carmichael Dave Show. He's on the microphone when he's not on the microphone. He's playing a song, and when he's not playing a song, he's on the microphone, and then boom! With Jason Ross. No, he didn't! Yes, he did! Call or text at 916-339-1140. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on Sacktown Sports. That's why we're going to lose tonight. It happens. Blame me. I missed the cue. I missed the the hand cue. The hand cue that if you're not watching on YouTube, you don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, uh, and why aren't you watching on YouTube? We look great. Right? You've got your blue hoodie on. I have a hoodie. Apparently a Chicago Bears colored hoodie. Yeah, that we've learned. Yeah, we've learned. Blue logo. Uh Uh-huh. As a matter of fact, today is blue day for the show. Chris is in his uh, Manchester City shirt, kit, jersey. I've got blue. You got blue. Mm-hmm. We got the blues, which is weird. We're the Blues Brothers. We are the Blues Brothers. Uh, good morning, everybody. That's Jason. I'm Dave. That's Chris Verlod behind the glass. And uh, we're here to bring you fun and entertainment uh, for the next four hours. Maybe. Although, big station news yesterday. It's public, so we can talk about it now. Got a new new boss coming in. Uh, I heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we better. Do we have two weeks to uh, be goofy, or do we uh, behave ourselves now? Yeah. So like he's he starts on I think they said the twelfth. Okay. Uh, of February. We're gonna go nuts in there. So. I'm trying to get this right. So he starts, and then you go on a mini vacation. Is it that week? Mid- later that week, right? Yeah, that's after the uh, all, that's the start of the that's ultra right. break, and then you're gone, and then I'm gone the following week. Yeah, which is probably good. Let him come in, right. settle down, settle in, not see anybody. We should probably hit him up when we meet him on that Monday. Be like, hey, great to meet you. We're gonna need some fill-ins. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Yeah. But he's a uh, he's a younger guy to you and me. It's always good when a, a fresh young boss comes in. Yeah. Hey, olds. Here's how it's done. From uh, Fresno. Mm-hmm. So, looking forward to it. Yeah. You know. You have uh, not met him yet? I have not yeah. spoken. Met. There was a quick pass through. Maybe, oh, it was maybe when you were in England. Just a real quick pass through. Oh, he came through? Yeah. Oh, real quick. Real quick. Well, it's funny. Did he get the job because Sacramento is bulldog country? Oh. Chris might be onto it. He might be. Yeah. This is not bulldog country. What if he was behind that? Bad start. Yeah, yeah we're going to have to turn that one yeah, around. there's time. There's a lot of bulldog fans up here. Sure, but it's not bulldog country. Oh. No. Yeah. Stingers are up. Um, It's funny because, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to count here. It's Brian, you, Sherrits? You missed one. <laughs> hold on. Wait, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. After me. That's a respectable job. Yeah. Wait, hold on. After you. Okay, hold on. Brian. Shut up, Chris. 
Wait, so after me. There was somebody after you, but before Brian? No, come on. I'm wow. Not do- I promise. Okay, oh. he's not doing a bit. We're not going to help him, Chris. No. no, don't help. No, I don't want help. Yeah. That's a respectable job. Yeah. Was it? Wasn't Jay? He never got the job. Shut up, Chris. Chris is still laughing hard in it. All right, hold on. <laughs> Watching I, highlights up there? I would. I should 100% know this. Yeah. I oh, mean, God. Okay. <laughs> there yeah. you go. All right. There I was going to say, you met with him yeah. for dinner before yeah, you got yeah, the yeah. job? Well, you know, the Tip s- of the hat to you. The, the worst thing. That's right, Nick. I'm sorry. You're right. The worst thing is, is that I was actually going into a thing that had to do partially with Nick, which makes it even worse that I didn't remember Nick. Because I was going to say, other than you, who obviously I already knew very well, it was funny because the previous two uh, new PDs here, our management, almost like I really appreciated it, but it was almost like uncomfortable. We're like, hey, we want you to have a conversation with these guys before they come and want you to, like with Nick, Jay and I went mm-hmm. out to dinner with That's him right. and uh uh, and then kind of reported back, like, what do you think? You know, they wanted our way in. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think of this guy? And then with Brian, we had a couple of uh, really good conversations on the phone. And it was like, hey, what do you think of this guy? So, like, other than you, who, again, super familiar with, the last two PDs we've had, Nick and Brian, there was, like, an interview process in which we were involved in. You were involved. In. I was involved. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Which you should have been involved in, too. I didn't like that. But then I reported to you and was like, hey, he's okay. I didn't do that. I'm just trying to make it sound better on there. <laughs> so then this guy, I find out he's hired on because a company email went out. And then I read it on Jason Barrett's website. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's where I, that, honestly, I saw that because I, I don't check my company email as mm-hmm. much as I should. I actually saw it on Twitter that we had a new program director off of Jason's website. I was like, oh, well, that's cool. And by the way, like, I'm not freaking Kevin Durant. I should have no say in who the new PD is. It's yeah. just kind of a different, a different deal. I wish you weren't a liar. So I hope this guy is 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 good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're always going to start out on the best foot. Like, right now, he's the best PD ever. That's where, that's where they start with me. Mm-hmm. Best PD ever. Like, couldn't have come at a better time. Super looking forward to working together. Hey, what mine your... starts with. Well, they can't be the worst one we've ever had. <laughs> what are your PD rankings? Uh, well, while right... I'm sitting here staring at you. Well, you air checked me that one time and it didn't go well. So that's like the only mark you have, though. Yeah, it didn't go well. I thought we had fun with it. No, we did have fun yeah. with it. How do I? How do I? How do I say this with it sounding awesome? Hmm. I know, right? Mm. This is one of those things where I'm going to say it, and I really I'm ready to go home. I hope if it, I need to. I hope it sounds as good coming out of my mouth as it does in my brain. Like I, though I respected, of course, your authority. I never looked at you as a boss. I looked at you as a friend who was guiding us places. Okay. I hope that makes sense. That's the best compliment I can give. Like a partner. You don't have to give a compliment. No, but I'm being serious. Like, so when I think of like PDs, when I'm ranking them or I'm really doing that type of thing, it's like everyone else was really kind of a boss first. And then, you know, whoever they were second. So Nick felt like your boss? Oh, Nick was such an ass. No, (laughs) never. 
to me. Oh, so Brian felt like your boss. Nick and I started out great, actually. Nick and I were on the same page. Nick, I was actually semi-excited. And by the way, I'm that people run with that at radio. Nick was fine. Nick was Nick was good. Nick and I just butted heads on some things. Nick had his ways, and I'm sure I annoyed the piss out of him, and he annoyed the piss out of me, and we just, you know, it just happens sometimes. Uh, I'm not the easiest. I totally get that, but I, I try. doesn't mean it works, but I tried. Yeah. I'm sure he did, too. Even the one, uh, even Kevin, Sherrits. Well, Kevin was, I used to be roommates with That's Kevin. Right. Kevin was one of my closest friends. Yeah. But even when he came in, he had been gone for so long that it was very much like a, uh, a, a, a you know, kind of a boss thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to give him that respect. But because I think a lot of it, too, was that with you, which was my preferred, like that to me is the preferred setup because you were the boss, but you were also in the trenches with us. Too. Yeah. Like you were on the air. You were... Right. You were out. You you could see both sides of the situation, right. almost like a player coach. Um, but I think this is gonna be like the youngest PD of, our, think so. of our tenure. Yeah, and when I mean, we've both been here so long. We like Ramey was our yeah. Like we were so stable for so long. Yes. And then since it's just we've had so many. You guys have had one more PD than I have, just right. because of Mike was here forever. All right, let's do this. Okay, Mark. Evans. Oh, after Ramey? Yeah. Okay. Jeff McMurray. Yeah. Was Steve Garland a PD for us for like Not a for second? us. No, okay. And then it kind of gets Yeah, it gets murky. Well, like Byron was kind of our sort PD, of. sort mm-hmm. of, but he just he was. he was really just a psycho. <laughs> um by the way, has anybody seen his comedy? Yeah. Yeah, is it good? No, I mean honestly, it, it's I okay. I feel like Byron, Byron, one of our our ex bosses out there doing comedy now, and I actually kind of want to see. I have a feeling for even though when I first heard, I was like, "No way," because Byron and I really butted heads. It's hard for me to, but then I was like, you know what? Though he was kind of funny, I could actually see Byron being a very good comedian. I don't know if he is. I haven't seen a word, but when I when I sunk in, I was like, ah, Byron could actually be a really good comedian. I hope he does well. But Byron, um. Who was between Byron and Kevin, or what did Ke- Kevin? There was took- one before yeah. Byron. Was it before or after Byron? I think it was Byron, then this person, yeah. and then Byron again. Yeah, you worked very closely with very closely, <laughs> as closely as you do with Chris and I. Okay, so I was on the show with this person. Yes. Wow, Chris is laughing hard in there. You're having a morning. I yeah, I just I one of your heroes. Oh God. See, the problem is that sometimes I block these things yeah. out. Yes. So Don Geronimo. Yeah. Really blocked that one out. Uh Don. And then uh, um Then I feel like it was Byron, then Byron ish. And then of, Kevin, like, maybe even Rosie in a little bit there. Oh, Rosie, Rosie kind of. counts, I think. Yeah. He was like an interim, but a yeah. long interim. And uh, he might have been kind of, yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah, before Kevin and then Kevin. It's funny how things change when sometimes when that relationship happens because up until Rosie was uh, the PD, like Rosie and I had a wonderful yeah. relationship. Really, like, I mean, I don't think he would care now, but like, when the station fired me in 2012 and I was starting up my podcast, 
I needed a voice guy. Mm. And literally, like, Rosie did all this. I met him in the parking lot of the station. He laid down all this great voice work for me. He was the voice of the station for nothing. And, yeah. like, I, like, literally put some money in his pot. I was like, please take this, and it's not enough, but yeah. thank you so much. And he was just doing it. At, and then, you know, months, I'm, I'm back, and then he's the PD, and then it's like, urgh, 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 you know. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of that, too, is just because – Everything above and to the sides, you know that better yeah. than anybody. You got you got things you want to do, but you have pressures from your bosses. And, right. Uh, so then Rosie, uh, Kevin got in there, uh, and then we left it all. So what is that, like approaching 10? Probably. Whew. Yeah. 10 in like 15 years. And we've had one more than you. Will that be Ramey? Yeah. Yeah, because you weren't here for Ramey. Uh, I think my – like I – Started like a week after he left. Wow. That was a big deal. Wait a minute. Why is Mark Baronic's name coming up in my head? Did Mark? Mark was just sales, right? Yeah, correct. Oh, because he was a sales manager yeah. for a while. Okay. Yeah. Okay, weirdo. Yeah, Party I, of one. Everybody's enjoying us going through our history. <laughs> Oh, you know, the station's been around a long time. A lot of people listen to it forever. So we try to so we got it so we got a new guy. Yeah. We got a new guy coming in. We're excited. He'll be in February twelfth. We'll do everything we can to relay what we can. Young Fresno. Uh I think his uh what did it say in the thing? I just want to share stuff from the release. Uh his dad, the longtime program director, so yeah. it's in the family. Yeah. This isn't a stepping stone for him. You know, KHDK is a one of those launch pads. He really there's a big big move for him yeah. so you know we start playing like christmas classics during the breaks and stuff you'll know it's not our decision uh in the meantime we have a big show for you today for the uh last couple of weeks uh the inmates run the asylum uh so emil's gonna join us yes uh let's talk niners with him at nine what do you think let's do that uh katie will join us at eight kings I'll, at eight uh that's uh that's 11 a.m her time Oh, yeah, she's ready. I talked to her yesterday, uh, right after the show she called, and she was walking through Miami. I guess they switched hotels, and uh, she was she got up at like uh, 12.30 Miami time or something, slept, got some sleep because they got in late, and then was I was on the phone with her while she was searching for coffee. I don't know if she found it. I think she did. Okay. We'll get an update yeah. on that. Um, Jim Les for the second straight week. Yeah. Is going to join us at seven a.m. Not after a King's loss. No, but he had a loss. Mm. Yeah, we were we were good luck for him. They had a, they had a tough one. Stinky. Yeah, we should. I think that we should open the show with an apology because remember at the end of the last interview he was like, "You guys are good luck for me too." Yeah, we'll open with an apology. We'll open with an apology. All right, so Jim Les, we will apologize to him at seven a.m. In the meantime, leading off is next. Let's do it. Leading off the three top stories in the morning. Huge news. This is very important. Here's cut number one. And now in the final minute of play, Sacramento is 55 seconds away from a four-game winning streak. Fox using some clock now. Stalked by Roddy. Token screen Sabonis. Lobs inside for Sabonis on the roll. Pokes the pass to Herter. Herter with a wraparound, and Sabonis rips it down for a 20-20 game. 20 points, 25 rebounds for Sabonis. A 14-2 push by the Kings, giving them an eight-point lead, which is their biggest of the contest, 102-94. Oh, 
Wow. Now we need a 30-30 game for that guy. <laughs> we do. Yeah, we do come need on, it. Sabonis. Come on. Come on, dumbass. Yeah, that's what you say when he doesn't have 30-30 games. Wow. Yeah, you insult him like that. Okay. I have made it fairly clear, right, that I'm uh, – maybe I haven't. I Maybe I haven't come out and said it yet. I am in, like, full basketball love with DeMontis Sabonis. Okay. I really am. So the Kings won the trade? Or do we find out Friday? This time is for real. The funny thing is, is that if that trade had never happened, I'd be like, I am fully in love with Tyrese Oliver. Oh, like, of course. I love them both. Yeah. But one of them is gone. And one of them took one of your least favorite kings? Is that fair to it's say? Kind of, yeah. That's it, a little mean. It is, because, like, there's, like, James Johnson. By the way, don't, you know, I mean that with all respect, James. But, like, James, dude, James Johnson will straight. Oh yeah, yeah. I will We'd not. I I will only say sports things about James. Yeah. I'm sure he's a fine, upstanding mm-hmm. young man who I love very much as a human. Which, right. Like yeah. I will not mess with James John. But like you know the Sonics hat thing. Like yeah. Same thing. I, I would say Buddy. You know what? Buddy Heald is on the same level of disliked kings for me as Spencer Hawes. Mm, Here, why though? Because why? Like why do I dislike Buddy? Or why why are they, they on the same? Because they're to me they're yeah different oh, to me. But so I it, it, I would say this, I actually like them both personally. Mm-hmm. Like they're both good guys. I think they're both good guys. Like Spencer's a, you know was a young little stupid crap talker, and he said some dumb stuff during the Sonics thing. Oh, he's a per, he's like a professional troll. To, he, that's exactly right. But then like. Away from all of it, he's, he's a, he was a nice – He well, I would say this. I dealt with him a bunch. We did our commercial together here, um, you know, and, and, and had a lot of private conversations with the guy over the years, and he was always very, very nice, very uh, – loves the city. But he's – Chris said it best. He's a troll. Mm-hmm. And it's like Buddy would make me so angry with the things he would do on the floor. Yeah. But he also is like the most carefree, nice guy in the right. world. Uh, not not a care in the world. Got booed every play this year. Yeah, and and I get it from a basketball. I don't have any non basketball dislike towards Buddy Hill. But like he is one of my. He's one of the most frustrating kings we've mm-hmm. ever had, just from a player perspective. Okay. Um, whereas Demontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox are like just two yeah. of. And I just I feel not that De'Aaron gets all the love he should because he doesn't, but like. I think I love DeMontis Sabonis even more because I feel like he's underrated and doesn't get the love mm. he deserves. Yeah. And it seem, it's seemingly more and more like there's like an incredibly real chance he misses the All-Star game. Like, I feel like that's something we all need to prepare for. And if that happens, that which is... Which one? Both? Which, what, what Sabonis mm. and Fox? Mm-hmm. I think one makes it. Mm. Maybe. You know what? No, I won't say that. I was part of me was like, I hope they don't make it, and I hope they're so angry that they average eighty points a game the rest of the year. Okay, I'd be fine if with that. If that's the net win, we'll take it. I feel that's kind of selfish. Though. Yeah, I feel bad for them. All right, cut number two, please. Cut number two. So um, he uh, obviously got landed on. Uh, so they're going to do an MRI tonight or tomorrow. Um, it's kind of unrelated to what's been bothering him. Um, so we just wait on that. Yeah, so you, you guys saw the play. He ran there. He got landed, landed on. Yeah. I never realized Nick Nurse was a question talker. Yeah, those people where it's like, so he went to the place, 
And then we had some food. And then it was great. Yeah, I don't like those people. I always like Nick Nurse. Not anymore. Yeah, you're done with him. This is interesting with Joel and B. Mm-hmm. This is incredibly interesting. Yes, it is. Because it goes to a deeper conversation we had yesterday about the 65 game limit. Yeah. And the nightmare, I think, for the NBA and anyone involved is that if you have one of your flagship players forcing himself into a game because they want those accolades and they want the money and the awards and all that stuff, and they make a decision based on that rather than what's best for them, and then they end up injuring themselves further. Now, the thing that everybody saw, if you didn't see it, that, that was out yesterday that was really scary was Joel Embiid going up to play to, to jump and his knee just completely buckling underneath him and hitting the deck. Uh, he's going to have an MRI. Hopefully it's completely clean. Now a conspiracy theorist would say he's really trying to sell the fact that he, he's still going back to the nuggets game and trying to make a point and he's faking it. Right. I don't think he's faking it. Um, and if he's going to miss any sort of significant, th- th- this is one of those, if, if, if sports stories were stocks, This is one of those stories you would buy right now because I promise you, as we talked about yesterday, it's going to go through the roof regardless of Embiid if he ends up being the MVP favorite and missing that. Yeah. But then on top of that, if you add this into it, it's going to be the predominant basketball story, one of them for the rest of the year. Well, and the other thing, too, is like, is he going to miss by a game? Or two. Now, if he misses by 10, I feel that's different. I think that's where it's right. going to depend. Right. But I think, what was it last year? Um, of the 10 first team and all, second team All-NBA guys, like three didn't play 65 is games. That, is that right? I think something like that. So uh, I, this could be a one-year thing for the league. They also, on the heels of, was it about a week or two ago, where that study came out that said rest didn't prove to be any beneficial any, thing. Any, yeah. Any so if it was to eliminate resting, I think that was the purpose of it. I don't know that it's helped. Is it bad that when I saw that play at first, I thought it was Draymond Green? I'm like, oh, there he goes again. What well, a dirty. And then he, I see him standing I'm like, oh. <laughs> there was that play, though, with Draymond Green. I don't know if you've seen that video or not, where Draymond's diving towards the ball. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? I don't remember that. Was oh. it from the game before? Or was I, it last night? I swear, I, I'm pretty darn sure it was last night. Draymond's diving for the ball. uh, uh, There's a loose ball, but then they slow it down, and he's not diving for the ball. He's diving for the legs. Mm. Um, There you go, Jason. I'll have to see a replay because it started already. This is good radio, but watch where Draymond dives. Oh, yeah. I dove on top of him. It's questionable, but... When you slow it down, yeah. it does very much look like Draymond's diving towards Joel Embiid's lay. And the thing is, if it's anybody but Draymond, we're not having right. this conversation at all. All right. Uh, cut number three real quick. Cut number three. CB11 sources confirm the Angelos family has reached an agreement to sell the Orioles to private equity firm billionaires David Rubenstein and Michael Arrighetti. The deal will include a transition of ownership over an unspecified time period. 11 News also has confirmed that O's Hall of Famer Cal Ripken Jr. will have a role in the new ownership group. Rubenstein and Arrighetti have been in talks to buy the Orioles for several months. The deal will give the new ownership group a beginning stake of at least 40% financial ownership with Rubenstein as what baseball calls the control person, the equivalent of a managing general partner. Okay, nobody cares about that Can they buy the A's? I mean, that's what a lot of people are saying. We are going to talk about this at 643 and how it could possibly tie into what's going on with the A's, specifically 
the A's are and John Fisher, they're trying to raise capital based on a $2 billion valuation. Well, the Orioles, Orioles are selling for almost exactly what Forbes has them rated uh, as far as value, $1.72 billion. And I believe I've got the screenshot here, but I believe Forbes has the A's at something like $1.1, $1.2 billion. So in effect, hmm. this is going to make it very difficult for John Fisher to justify that the Oakland A's are worth $2 billion, which is which is a it, 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 is boring sounding, but I promise you is an incredibly important thing because now he either has to change his valuation and give more equity per dollar or people are just going to say, uh, it's like if you're trying to buy a house from somebody, Jason, I'm trying to buy your house, and Chris's house is the exact same house pretty much, maybe even has a pool and you don't. Mm-hmm. And he sold his for uh, four hundred grand, and you're out, you're asking five hundred grand for your house. I'm like, bro, they're called comps. I'm, yeah. I'm looking at these comps. I'm going, hold on. And in Baltimore, you're in a far bigger market than you are in Las Vegas. Um, you know, you have Camden Yards. You have a very competitive team. Blah blah history. blah blah blah. You have history there. Yeah, you're asking even when you count in the Vegas valuation, which again is smoke and mirrors. Uh, it ain't it ain't two billion. So. This could get quite, quite, quite interesting. I think it's going to get really interesting. That's good. Let's I, muddy this up. Somebody on the text line wants us to talk about Vince McMahon. I don't want to talk about Vince McMahon. No. At all. Like, I'm not a wrestling guy. I've, it, it, true or false, Vince McMahon's kind of a piece of garbage, right? Yes. Okay. And that's being nice. And you're a, you're a wrestling guy. Yeah, like you're a diehard wrestling guy. Yes. And you're saying he's garbage. Yeah, yes. He's, the, all, everything I read about Vince McMahon, he's a piece of garbage. So, there you go. We talked about Vince McMahon. There, there you go. go. He's garbage. You're welcome. We'll take a break. When we come back, let's look at the game tonight. Kings versus Miami. The history ain't great, but history is meant to be changed by the present. That's what Aristotle said, and we'll explore that next. Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. Call or text at 916-339-1140. On Sacktown Sports. The Maybe the most redeeming quality to me of that We Are the World documentary is it kind of put me down a rabbit hole of some of those artists again and Said this last night on Twitter. I just like to say it on the radio show too. You know, Stevie Wonder is still with us. Yes, he is. And I think that I think sometimes it's okay to stop and acknowledge, you know, this person is still with us and they are a living legend, national treasure, and should be adored while they're here. And I hope Stevie lives for another fifty years, but man, I've been listening to Stevie Wonder. One of my favorites. Like honestly, Mm -hmm. like flawless. Yeah. Just Absolutely. It's like, oh, we can't see. Like, it's even more. It's like, I, can he? Uh, God, you and and didn't, that, didn't that add to it in the documentary? Thomas, yes, there was a scene during the documentary <laughs> where there's an anecdote about how Ray Charles says to Stevie Wonder, I need to use the. the I think he just says it out loud. I need to go to the, the bathroom. Yeah, I need to go to the bathroom. And Stevie's like, I'll show you where it is, hmm. and then leads him away. And then I think it's Lionel Richie who's like, it's literally the blind leading the blind. Yeah. But Stevie Wonder led Ray Charles to the bathroom. Okay. 
I was watching uh, Carpool Karaoke. I didn't even know Stevie Wonder did one with James Corden. Oh, wow. And it opens up, and Stevie's in the driver's seat. And James is like, this is not a good idea. Stevie's like, I got my license. Oh, I must have left it at home. Anyways, he's uh, if you want a smile on your face, take 10 minutes and watch Carpool Karaoke. With I mean, if you had Stevie Wonder in your car, mm-hmm. wouldn't you like make some crazy moves just to see if... No. <laughs> just be like, oh! <laughs> no, because... And then it's like, got you. I knew it. He caught the one microphone stand, and everyone thinks he can see. Yeah. And he showed Ray Charles where the bathroom was. Yeah. Because he, cause, cause none of us have been blind before. Like, all your senses are, like, quintuple. You're like a superhero. So he probably was shown the bathroom once. And we don't know. Maybe he had, like, a stick or something and, like, led the way, knew where it was, homed his way in. Stevie Wonder's not gone his entire life since he was 11, you know, and he broke out. Pretending to be blind. I mean, if your whole career counted on it. I'm pretty sure Stevie Wonder would still be a star. This would be worse than Millie Vanilli. Okay. <laughs> we, we, all right. All right. Okay. Just What's real, next? real quick, because we got to move on. You're telling me that if it came out, like Stevie was like, <clears throat> listen, I, uh, uh, I have to make a uh, confession. Uh, listen, I, I know this is going to hurt a lot of people, but. I can see. You're telling me that everyone would be like, oh, outrage, scandal. I'm yes. not buying any of his music. <laughs> yes. No. I think there would be a portion of people like that, but I think others would be like, that's a pretty impressive ruse. If you can carry that for, what, 60 years yeah. in the public light that you're and all the crap you have to go through. And I know in Chris's head right now, I don't even need to hear it from him. He's like, all the crap you have to go through. You get driven everywhere. Uh, people buy your clothes. You do all this stuff. Come on, man. That people will do stuff in front of you thinking you can't see and you see them the whole time. It's like it's like when they don't know you can speak that foreign language and they start talking in it and you, you just don't tell them right. so you can eavesdrop. Chris and Sean Thomas, the two people I know that are like convinced Stevie Wonder can see. No, I think he's blind, but I know that it bothers him. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Thomas like legit thinks Stevie Wonder can see. Well, whether Could Stevie- it be that he's impaired? No, man, I think he's full. It's dark. Like, okay. there's no, there is just is yeah. nothing. I don't know. Nothing. Yeah. Well, the Kings tonight. You'd have to be blind if you didn't look at the whole Kings going into a team that's lost seven in a row. As a matter of fact, I've been waiting. I haven't looked at this. Uh, gentlemen, weigh in, please, on our uh, mini quiz brought to you by Crumble Cookies. Uh, <laughs> what is tonight's line? For the Miami Sacramento Kings matchup, I'm gonna say Kings by two and a half. Kings. I'm gonna say Kings by four and a half. I wanted to say one and a half, but I'll still go two and a half. You said Kings by two and a half. You said Kings by four and a half. Ladies and gentlemen, Las Vegas listens to the radio show and they pay attention. One and a half points. The Miami Heat are favored by. Oh, okay. Vegas knows. They know. Because you're right. That's what the line should be. It should probably be right in the middle of you two. Kings three and a half. That's what it should be. Vegas knows. Yeah, Miami's lost seven in a row. Miami this, Miami that, Miami this, Miami that. But it's the Kings. And look at the way the Kings tend to play. Just Yeah, I think th- this one to me is less about, but it's the Kings. It's a good team, we right. think. I mean, Miami has been good. It's a great organization, great coach, good players. 
I mean, they just don't lose that many games. I think they're so due. So, like, are they just going to be – I mean, they're playing a, uh, arguably a top six, top eight team in the league. Are they just going to keep being favored <laughs> unless mm. they're playing, like, the Bucks? Who do they play after the Kings? Okay. Uh, Can they just wait one more time, lose eight in a row, and then, get, then get hot? Eight in a row. Eight is enough. Yeah. Uh, after the Kings, uh, they, go into, they go into D.C. and play the Wizards. There you go. Get right there. There you get yeah. right there. Just take one more day and then have – you know what? Tonight – just a, a heartbreaking loss for the Heat. Yes. You know what happens tonight then? Players only meeting. Players closed only. door. Yes. And then, boom, season is safe. Jimmy Butler and Pat Riley are yelling. There's yeah. hair gel flying everywhere. Right. And then they beat Washington by 40, and then they come back and host the Clippers. Yeah, but they, they're they ready, though. Yeah. And they start their 16th. Wait, hold on. No. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And they win eight in a row including wins over Boston, Philly, and New Orleans. Wow. <laughs> and their streak is snapped Monday, February 26th in Sacramento. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. And maybe they win out, but their last two losses are to the Kings. Finals preview? Kings Heat? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have seven-game losing streak meets four-game winning streak. And the seven-game losing streak is favored by one by one and a half. <laughs> but I, I I I I hope. Look, I don't know. I don't know. Mike Brown's good at this stuff, obviously. But man, if I'm Mike Brown today at breakfast or whatever, I have like big posters blown up. Like somehow communicating, hey guys, they've lost seven in a row, um, including losses to Memphis and Atlanta and Toronto. You've won four in a row. You're on two days rest. And Vegas has you guys as the underdogs. How, how does that make everyone thinks that we're the Robitussin, that we're going to yeah. go in and Miami's going to get healthy off of us? What say we? What say we all give them a nice big blank burger to eat? As, yeah, as Lou Brown said in Major it's League, a parting gift. Yes, yeah, a little the, trip here, our only trip here, just give you a little parting gift. A little parting gift. Yeah, and then he puts up the statue of Vivek. And That's the, not old, the cardboard. Well, I, sorry, Keegan. I'm using no. it. It puts out the cardboard cut out of Vivek. And every time they win a game on this road trip, you take off a piece of clothing. Yeah. Right? Does that get the guys going? Yeah. Yeah. They're they, into it. I, what do you think is. Woo! Let's the go. <laughs> biggest reason why they struggle in South Beach. Now, Miami's been good. Mm-hmm. But. Um, I think the biggest reason they struggle in is South, it South Beach, Beach is at South Beach. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a cool. Look. But what does that mean? My. To it, you, it means that it means that your average age is twenty five years old, twenty six years old. You are a young, athletic, Adonis of a human being, millionaire. You're most likely single, and it's the it's professional sports. So even if you're not, you're most likely acting single, and you get to go there once, once a year. You get to go to Miami, so. If you have any sort of time, why wouldn't you? Like, if I was 25 years old and I had millions of dollars in the bank and I had a day off in Miami, I'm spending the day out on a boat doing boat stuff. And then I'm spending the evening at whatever cool place there is to hang out with my buddies. And everyone in there knows I'm an athlete. So they're, it, it, it look. You asked the question. Let's get into it. Yeah. It's a, it's a cult. You you want to talk about heat culture? Well, <laughs> there's also NBA culture in yeah. which if there's a bunch of people hanging out that are professional NBA players and they know that they're young millionaires, 
Well, guess what's getting thrown at you? It ain't, ain't uh, confetti. And that's a very difficult thing to, you know, we can all sit here and be like, mm, well, you know, you're not crazy, man. No, dude, that's a really difficult thing oh, to turn sure. down when you're 25, 26, 27 years old and a, and a continent away from your family. And things happen. And by the way, it may not be anything sorted, but things could happen. For example, oh, you went out with the boys and you had a few too mm-hmm. much. And then you slog through the next day and everything's fine. And you come out of the box great for the first five minutes of the first quarter. And then, oh, lactic acid and alcohol and all this stuff is building up. And for some reason, my muscles hurt. Yeah. That's what that to me is why Miami consistently has one of the best home records there is. They have the best. Other than Denver, they have the best built-in home court advantage in the league, and Denver's is because altitude. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not. And by the way, I'm in no way insinuating that that's what the Kings do. I'm saying, if if I had to guess and put something on it, you know, yeah. we should get an ex. You know what? That would have been a good question to ask Matt Barnes, or uh, anytime yeah. we have it. You know, next time Henry comes on, yeah. or something, like legit, be like, hey, is this Miami thing for real, or is Dave just being stupid? And I would be very interested to hear them because I'm pretty sure it's for real. Yeah. And hear them wax poetic about their times in Miami. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, all right, let's get into Peter Angelos uh, and his family, I should say, selling the Orioles uh, and what this could mean for the Oakland A's. We'll do that next. you up with the best in local sports. They just make it interesting, you know? It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. On Sacktown Sports. The Angelos Group is reportedly going to sell the Baltimore Orioles for money. For money? For money. One point seven two five billion. To uh, David Rubenstein, uh, according to uh, multiple reports, uh, he will take over as controlling owner. He's got an investment team of a bunch of rich people. Baseball still has to approve the sale, which they're expected to do next week when they all meet in Orlando. So, Peter Angelos purchased the team in 1993 for $173 million. That's a pretty good... uh, that is a pretty, pretty good investment. But why do we care? We really don't. I mean, the, the, the Orioles got sold. Okay, great. Who cares if it's Peter Angelos or Eater Spangelos or <laughs> Fleeter D'Angelos? Like, we don't yeah, care. Yeah, any of those. You can look at, at first off, and you can see that these baseball teams that get 81 home games a year plus revenue sharing plus everything else. But San Francisco. They're selling for less uh, than the other big two, football mm-hmm. and basketball, which now th- those are going to be in the two to three billion dollar range from here Crazy. on out. Football even yeah. higher. Um, but in a week in which you've seen a lot of both local ish, and you're, you know we're talking the Casey Pratts, the Brody Brazils, uh, who are who are the local guys on this. By local, I mean Northern California, um, all the way up to the Ken Rosenthal's of the world that are really seriously questioning the A's in Vegas and this whole process. Um, everything from John Fisher's valuations are way off to uh, the teachers unions are starting to mobilize a lot more in Nevada to uh, A's groups trying to raise a million dollars to get this on the ballot, which by the way, here's the thing about stuff like this. 
I don't have any pollsters in Nevada, but based on reading and also based on um, previous history, including in Sacramento, here's a dirty little secret. Had the Golden One Center deal been put to a public vote, the Kings would be in Seattle right now. Right. Public would have voted it down, probably 60 to 40. Just That's just how it is. That's what every poll showed. There's no reason to think in Nevada that they have any more of an appetite for this, especially when they have the Aces, the Golden Knights. And now there's a lot of thought, Jason, that, well, we don't want John Fisher as part of this exactly. deal at all. From I, people from Nevada. People or probably Nevada. a lot of people, yeah. And I would pose this. In fact, I want Joe Rose to clip this and put this out today because I want it to reach A's fans who are, are mobilizing and doing a wonderful job. Here's your poison pill, and I know it sounds a lot harder than it is, and it's, it is hard, but you guys know this. You got to raise a million dollars. You got you to gotta go after corporate sponsors, and you got you to gotta organize. You got to raise the million dollars. You want the ace not, if you want the ace to not go to Las Vegas, raise a million dollars and get it on the ballot, and you've won. That, that, that is the easiest road. I can't say that that would, would keep the team in Oakland, but, Jason, there are two things that need to happen right now strategically, in my opinion, to keep the A's in Oakland. Number one, that. Find the million dollars somewhere. Oakland has a ton of fans. I know. We'll find a million dollars. Again, organize. Go after businesses. Go after corporate sponsors. Tell them, hey, look, whatever donation you're – we're going to go frequent your place. We're going we're gonna to do whatever we can to give you the feel-good. PR is a big deal. And if you can show that you can carry that PR for them for their $20,000, $50,000 donation, it adds up. Start the go, Do the GoFundMes. Do everything you can. If you put it on the ballot, it will get voted down. They're not going to vote for it. They are not going to vote this through. So you need a million to get it on a ballot in Las Vegas, which by the, Nevada. Yes, yeah. which, which, by the way, is a total freaking crock. You gotta, you gotta pay, you gotta bribe them basically with a million dollars to get something votable on the ballot. Really? Yeah, right. You know, it's a little strange, and I wonder where that money goes. Secondly, I would say this to the mayor of Oakland: you, you got to get off your ass here, and you got to read the room. Now's the time to get aggressive. Right now, get aggressive. You need to be doing PowerPoint presentations. You need to be going on every single show that'll have you. You need to have your your chief of staff, your PR person, pitching every radio station, every TV station, anybody who wants some podcast wants you to sit for them, go sit for them, and get the five, six, seven talking points you need for this Howard Terminal deal, this whole whole deal. And you need to get out the following. We're still here. We still want to keep the team. We still have this deal alive. Here's what the deal is. Here's what it stands to benefit whoever the whether it's John Fisher or unnamed owner. You need to start coming up John Fisher's flank here and start grabbing him from both sides. Hey, we're going to try to block you in Vegas. Hey, uh here's the Oakland deal. Hey, Let's start that campaign or keep that campaign going of being underdogs and this is bad PR for baseball and blah 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 blah. You need to start pushing the demographics, as I said before, of Las Vegas and Oakland and the job situations in Las Vegas and Oakland. You need to know off the top of your head how many jobs is this team leaving going to cost and what is that economic uh, impact and who is that economically impacting? Oh, it's economically impacting this group of people. Well, who are the jobs going to in Vegas? Oh, 
oh, it's going towards that group of people. Really, you need to make them very, very uncomfortable, and you need to be ruthless with that. And I think this is all on the table, Jason. I truly, I thought they were gone. I said I thought they were gone. I truly think the door is open a little bit of a crack here. And then bring in Joe Lacob. That's the answer. If 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 it's to be believed, and whether it's publicly or privately, and I've asked privately, is the Lacob thing like real? Yeah, the Lacob thing's real, but but. He's trying to be very careful right now yeah. because if he were to start, you know, pop, yeah, the he, team's not for sale. Right. And you don't want to rich guys don't like being cornered. Yeah. You know, they'll just they'll burn the whole house down rather than give in. Then egos come into play. So Joe's playing it smart. But that doesn't mean that other people can't do the heavy lifting for Joe Lacob or Larry Ellison or any number. Again, we're not talking about four billion. We're talking about one point. You probably get John. What Fish, a bargain. What a bargain. Right. <laughs> But honestly, you probably get John Fisher to sign off for one and a half billion. That that's my guess. One and a half billion gets it done. Okay. Well, now you have a baseball team in Oakland. And you have to go after the Giants a little bit too, because the Giants have blood on their hands in this whole thing too. And don't think they're not behind the scenes, Jerry Jonesing this whole thing, trying to pull strings so that they can have Northern California. The strange thing is that they're that whole idea, even from like years ago, was. John Fisher wants to go to Vegas so he could eventually sell the team so they'll be more than they are right now. Right. But everything that's happening in Vegas, it doesn't look like something that somebody would want to buy. No. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> so, like, it's just like, what are you doing? You're asking people to go to 81 games a year in a tourist situation where, in most cases, especially with the Raiders, you've got more fans from the other team than from the home team going there. You're asking them to go to 81 games in 115 degree weather, whether you have a dome or not, you still got to drive there. You still got to go outside. You got to summer is uh, not the hottest time. Well, it literally is the hottest time yeah. in Vegas, but not for tourism. There's so many things. And by the way, you're going from market what 10 to market 40. You think your revenue is going to be the same from a TV standpoint? And by the way, if they leave Oakland, even to come to Sacramento, much less Salt Lake City, they're leaving $70 million a year from NBC Sports Bay right. Area on the table. they got to renegotiate that. And they're going to try to renegotiate. You think you're going to get anywhere near that for the team you're putting out? Yeah, not a better deal. No. Yeah. A far, far, far worse deal. And you're, ta you're talking about a drop in revenue that's going to approach probably just that drop in TV revenue alone is going to be some somewhere around 50% of your payroll. Let that sink in. You're looking to drop in TV revenue alone about half of what your team payroll was last year. The numbers don't add up, man. This guy's not, this guy should be on his heels right now. This is if this is a game of risk. If this is a strategic game, you've got armies coming up both sides, and they, you, you gotta you you can't give them an opportunity to jump back, look more, and and and, and reinforce their flanks. you, you got to get in while the iron's hot. The iron's, I wouldn't say it's hot, but it's warming up right mm -hmm. now. And and I, I do. I truly do think there's a chance that this team could stay in Oakland if uh, the right things happen. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, Jim Les, coach, UC Davis basketball, coming off a tough loss. Uh, we'll talk to him about that. Let's ask him about Miami. Hey, why not? Yeah. It's Jason, it's David, it's Chris. We're right back.